Hey everybody, this is Farah again. I wanted to invite you to the best thing I've ever created inside the Deep Health community. It's a challenge and we call it the 30 day anti-diet challenge. Every professional woman is one challenge away from achieving the life where she can gain control over her health and her weight loss. I've created this challenge to help you lose up to 10 pounds in weight no matter where you are in your weight loss journey. This challenge is going to help you to understand why the diets you've tried in the past that haven't worked and why eating this way can revolutionize the way you look at food and transform your body and create that ultimate success. I recommend highly you do this right now. Stop this video, pause it, go online and press the 30dayantidietchallenge.com and join the next challenge. The next challenge starts in few days. And welcome to Tuesday Evening Nutrition Coaching and today we are covering the topic which probably is close to pretty much everyone's heart, um, the bad foods. What are the good foods and what are the bad foods? So today I'm going to talk about a few reasons why I think we need to bust this myth about what foods are good and what foods are bad. I think the reason for doing this is because labeling them makes you want to have them more and I'll explain a bit more about what I mean um, and are they actually bad why are they bad if you were to question them have we decided they're bad is your bad food different to my bad food so that makes for me that food might be good but for you it might be bad or vice versa so that's what we're going to talk about today we're going to explore how good versus bad can actually set people up to eat more of the bad foods Offer an alternative way to think about sweet, crisps and other low nutrient foods. Provide techniques we use to help liberate clients from good versus bad mindset. So we're going to talk about our changing our mindset and how we view foods. So the honesty is that there are no bad food really. There is no philosophy of bad food. Um, when I say that some of you might think oh my god don't say that which means I'm just going to now straight away after this session get down to Tesco's, buy myself a big pot of Ben and Jerry's because Farah says there are no bad foods. So that's not the case. The philosophy can be really scary, especially for people who have spent years organizing foods into good and bad category. So, but it equally can be transformative. So that's why I want to talk to you about this. It's a little bit more um, liberating when we've gone through this topic. Hello, Margaret, how are you doing? Still setting my camera up here, so have a, any questions that you might have, I want you to answer, um, ask me now that I've, I've got a phone here right now as well. And um, let me know who's watching and come and say hello and uh, just the usual things. Just be interactive. Okay, so we have found that some, I found that some of the clients uh, welcome the food they love back into their lives. So uh, recent, my recent coaching client, um, without saying any names, had gone through a diet where she had eliminated almost almost everything from her food. So there was no, that's okay, no worries, no problem at all. So there was no dairy in her food, there was no sugars in her food. As a result of that, she had become, she had lost the weight, right? That is, the truth is she had lost weight, but you will lose the weight. But what is the outcome? So the, the goal was to lose weight, but is she happy with the weight she's lost? Yes, she's happy that she's lost weight, but she's really unhappy and really miserable because there's so many things she can't eat. She has to cook a different type of foods from her family, eat different types of food from her family, can't enjoy any takeaways, is forever looking what's in this, what's in that, is forever reading the labels, then what can you... <laughs> you did see his arm, yes, correct. He just disorganized me, like set me up. So he just moves this piece of paper from here. <laughs> he likes perfection um, yeah so you see that uh, this particular client of mine uh, she really struggled in life you know so now when I've come on board and I believe in eating all kinds of foods and I always talk about those because I think it's important to understand I put them in a category not good or bad but foods that will take you towards your goal that's what I want to talk about so why the good versus bad approach just doesn't work well many people divide foods into two categories what are good food? Good foods are vegetables, legumes, whole grains, fish, lean meat, and other minimally processed nutrient-dense foods. What are bad foods? Well, bad foods are sweets, crisps, crackers, white bread, fries. This is what bad food 
People label that, right? Not me. Sweets, crisps, crackers, white bread, fries, other highly processed foods that offer little or no nutrients. And before we explain why we don't want to sort food into good or bad buckets, I want to be really, really clear about something. The nutritional difference between these two categories are not, are quite easy to spot, by the way, yeah? Really, really easy to spot the difference between the nutrient value. That's, that's really simple. Many of the so-called bad foods are in high amounts that can raise the risk of a variety of disease. And that's why eat less of it rather than a bad food is what the label or what the separation will, that's the separation I will make. So they're, all, um, they're also the, the, the not so good foods, i.e. bad foods, are also irresistible, um, really hard to resist, aren't they? They're too tasty. The combination of fat and sugar makes it absolutely irresistible. We just can't say no to it. The food industry really has created cheap, easy, accessible products that are taste buds and our brains love, some more than others. But are they bad? Well, we don't want to use that terminology ever again after today, after we've done this coaching. Reason one, the one single food doesn't define your entire diet. Maybe you've heard of a teenager who ate four foods for most of his life. Uh, fries, chips, white bread and processed. Pork, maybe. Then he went blind. This is a little tale. Um, it's cautionary tale for sure, but important to keep one thing in perspective. The teen is an outlier. Most people don't just eat those kind of foods. What truly matters for good health is balance. So how do we get the balance? In other words, you don't want your toaster pastries, spray cheese-like product, or crescent rolls, or crowd out veggies, those, those puffy things, fruit beans, nuts, fresh meat, seafood, and other nutrient whole dense foods. If, if they do like, like we just mentioned the team, you, you just run the risk of deficiency. So you will not have the nutrients that you need to live a balanced life. So you will have somewhere in your body a deficiency, which will be very, very apparent if you decide to eat certain types of food and not the other, if you don't have a balance. And that's what we're gonna to discuss today. If you have a balance, you're gonna feel good. People who feel good right now have got a great balance of exercise and food. People have decided that I'm not going to eat this at all, I'm not gonna have this, this makes me blah, blah, are uh, probably struggling a bit. So the question is, are you in balance? Are you? We experience massive benefits. Fat loss, improved health when we go from poor nutrition to average and even above average. We experience huge things. I've seen that over and over again in our, when the new clients come through, you, they, they go on to have uh, having the, the fifth size of carbs, fifth size of protein, uh, veggies, and a, a thumb size of healthy fat. When they start to do that, they feel a massive surge of energy into their body. They start to sleep well. Their mindset is better. They've started to shout less at their kids. They're better at work. Their cravings have um, been uh, reduced. All of these is because we've just balanced out this person's body. Really, really simple to do, to, to, to coach but not as simple to do because if you come from um, a background where you're having, uh, I don't know, seven, eight carbs in a day, which is most of our clients when they come in are on those, then it's hard for you to go on to three as a woman and four as a man because we're asking you to cut out quite a bit of carb there because you don't need as many carbs because you're not working out as much. And then once you've got that, uh, you've lost the weight and you've got into some kind of a level, we then start to increase uh, and interfere more in the deeper level. So 80 to 90% of what you eat, nutrient dense and minimally is, so my question to you is, what is your food 80 to 90% nutrient dense? Which means 21 meals in a week, which means that out of 21 meals, are you having around 19 meals, around 18 to 19 meals whole, not processed, you got protein, you got uh, carbohydrates, and you've got uh, smarter carbohydrates, you've got healthy fats in there, and you definitely got one to two hands full of some vegetables in there. Are you eating in that way? That's the question. Silence. Is most of what you eat highly processed and nutrient poor? Think like if you eat most of it or most of the time you're eating chips and sweet, then what you need to do is consider small actions to make your diet just a little bit better. Slowly add more nutrient dense food. So starting with, I'm gonna have a little bit more veggies, I'm going to eat a bit more fruit, a bit more fish, poultry, and so on, uh, on each of our meals. So, we're going. Uh, what should you eat? We're going to do that whole section one of the one of the Tuesdays, and I'll go through that with you. 
So reason number two, no one food is bad for all people in all situations. Okay, let's explain that. To illustrate this point, an example I can give you, if you are in a country where the drinking water is not quite safe for you because um, of minerals or, or the water is not clean and you cannot cannot access water anywhere and that the, the thing that's left that you can get cola is the only thing you, you can access is it better to drink cola or just go thirsty I would say it's better to drink cola because you're in a, maybe a very hot place and that will just give you the energy and refresh you versus not having it versus having water from the tap or not having anything at all so that's 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 different when it comes to that so then that food now that cola isn't you're probably thinking of some bad food so I don't want to have it but actually right there it provided it did something for us it gave us a bit of a hope that there's nothing there around I, the only thing I can eat drink clean is cola so that's that's different you know that food right suddenly that food isn't a bad food anymore because it's almost saved us so now that food isn't bad so you have to understand the psychology behind why we label foods like bad food so added sugar for example affects people with type type 2 diabetes differently than it affects someone whose whose cells are insulin sensitive and it can affect the same person differently depending on whether they are sleep deprived so each person is going to be affected in a different way if someone is working out quite a lot and decides to have a Häagen-Dazs like this one did on Tuesday uh, on Tuesday on Sunday night then uh, because I'm working out a lot it will affect me different to someone maybe who hasn't done any exercise the whole week maybe they haven't had a walk and they haven't done nothing but they've decided to have the ice cream it will affect us in a different way does that make sense okay cool um, okay so what's the context rather than zeroing in on list of natural universally bad foods consider the surround context what is the surrounding context who's eating the food what is their level of fitness? What is their health look like? What food preferences do they have? What allergies and intolerances do they have? What is their overall dietary patterns, their psychological state, and what are their relationships? So who is eating the food? The same food can affect one person different to the other based on range of psychological and physiological factors. And then why are they eating it? Different foods can affect the same person differently depending on the situation. So for example, mindless munching refueling during or during or after intense exercise emotional stress fatigue intentional indulging discretionary calories uh, and what's the goal certain foods can make it easier or harder to reach the goal so fat loss could be one goal muscle gain could be another one more energy and a focus attention could be one improving health is one or boosting athletic performance could be another one so each food will, be, will, will play a different role in different person's life depending on their goal, situation and circumstances. If, if I was to pour a glass of wine, I gave this example I think to one of the other coaching sessions. If I was to pour a glass of wine after I've come back on a really hard day at work and I'm really upset because I'm about, I'm about to make dinner and my kids are screaming and I'm the one who's got to make the dinner and I don't know what to cook so I'm really getting stressed now. So I pour myself a glass of wine and I just you know have that in the kitchen and I'm, I'm sipping it while I'm in a stressful state versus if I was to pour myself a glass of wine on a weekend on a Sunday evening while I'm running my bath and I'm about to relax same food but it will affect me in two in two different ways because my state of mind because my psychological and physiological state is different to me coming into rushing or me actually coming into having the the glass of wine in a calmer manner or in a right state so depending on what's going on with you is important to understand so the reason number three is demonizing certain foods can make them even more appealing so when you say I'm not allowed I can't have this I am on low-carb diet I am on any diet I am on whatever diet you want to call it the minute you have put that in it you're going to start thinking about that food if you've told yourself today I'm not having any bread that's it not having any bread I promise you you're going to think about bread at least 25 times a day and in, in, in the meantime you may give in and actually bring that bread and how long are you gonna do it for and this is the reason why diets don't work and this is why I'm so passionate about asking people to get off the diet and actually look at your food in a more holistic way where you are balancing your food and also having treats or foods that you think will not make you reach towards your take you towards your goal but you're having some of it 
okay so you have them on the weekend like I do because I, I possibly couldn't live just I did this one for a month where I actually had really really clean food for a month and I was so miserable I promise you I just couldn't handle it I'd rather work out every single day I'd rather do half a marathon whatever but I just want to be able to eat whatever I want but I have some rules rules in place because I have a goal okay so lots of people tell us they're 100% abstaining from bad foods is the only way they can maintain their uh, any kind of smidgen of control around their eating so they've given the control away the control's been taken away from them and they've put it in someone else's hand now I'm on a plan now I'm on slimming world now I'm on weight watchers now I'm on something else because you've taken the power from yourself and given it to someone else they control your power you go and get weighed every week you get a little clap you wee before you go and get weighed because you want to see those numbers move. And if you don't see those numbers move, you get really upset and you come home and you have the biggest bar of chocolate. So you've given your power away versus having a control on your own food so that you can have that long-term result, so that you can have confidence in when and where you're going to eat what, and that you can eat all kinds of food, and that you can join in with your family when they're having desserts and when they're having um, drinks or whatever's going on, that when they have a birthday, you don't go to birthdays because you don't want to eat the cake or you don't want to see the cake. So you don't live a life which is this, because this sounds horrible to be honest. Okay, so if they say okay to one bad food, they worry they will open the floodgates to the rest. And I know that because I have a conversation with some of you guys in here. I know some of you are gonna watch this on re replay um, and I, you know what I'm talking about. The floodgates to diet, cookies, brownie chips and fries, and you might as well, you're like, if I've eaten this, I might as well eat this. If I've eaten this, or if you're gonna say I'm okay to eat one food, I might as well eat all of it. That's the worry. Here's the thing. There's a subtle difference between demonizing a food or merely abstaining from it because you know you tend to overeat it. Okay, there's, two, there's a slight difference between the two. When we demonize food, uh, we moralize these foods thinking of ourselves as bad people. We, we said we are bad. I mean, how, how many times have you told yourself, I'm so bad for eating this. I'm so upset. I'm so guilty. Little voice here keeps going at you, you know, making you feel absolutely really, really horrible about you because you've just had that piece of chocolate or you've just taken your, your children's crisps uh, or you've just done, you know, had something that you think you shouldn't have eaten. And that that paradoxically that can increase our desire for very foods that we are trying not to eat when we have demonized them. When research, there was a research done in Arizona State University, it showed that dieters negative message about unhealthy food, the dieters experience craving for those food and at more of it. That's why 95%, hey Natalia, oh yeah, I just remembered, do you want it? Do you wanted this topic? No, I know you want another one this week too. They're both coming. So we're just talking about, uh, if you've just joined us, we're just talking about why we, why we demonize some foods and why because of demonizing it, it makes it more attractive because, um, because we've said uh, they're no good, we're not going to eat them. We're not going to eat those foods, they're bad, bad, bad foods, so then we're eating and we are bad. Because if you eat bad food, you become bad. Adam and um, Eve's apple, isn't that? Started from there, didn't it? So uh, it's true that some people can restrict certain bad foods for a while, but a whole lot of people's craving eventually overwhelm their ability to restrict, okay, because we are humans and we are constantly battling good food, bad food, should I eat it, shouldn't I eat it. So you then feel guilty. So then you eat even more because you're now starting to, you want to stop the guilty feeling and make yourself feel better because that's what your body, your mind says, you're feeling bad, quick, fix it, fix it. So what happens when, how do you fix it? The only way to fix it it's not going to go for a run. The only way to fix it is eat more of it. So you eat more of it. And that's why 95% of diets fail. That's why you shouldn't be doing a diet. You should be eating sensibly. You should be falling in love with good balanced food. And you should be having a treat every now and then so that you are balanced and having an exercise regime in place as well. And keep to your goal sometimes. So if I really, really want to have a flat tummy, right? And that's hard after having two kids, two miscarriages, okay, four pregnancies. It is hard. I've accepted that there is going to be this little podge in here. That's fine. I've accepted that. Now, if I want to get rid of it, I could get become really, really, really clean. But I know that I'm going to be very miserable because the month that I did this in, 
this one month experiment that I did where I literally did not have a single sugary sweet a treat latte uh, fizzy drink you name it why nothing 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 it was purely three meals a day it was rice chicken veggies rice chicken veggies boring really really boring uh, and I remember going to a barbecue for one of our friends house um, yeah CrossFit friends house and it was like oh my god just give me everybody was eating normal food I'm like why am I different I felt different to everybody I was like why am I doing this to myself why I was doing was I was trying to reset myself and then after that I was gonna base my my food on on how much my body needs sometimes you have to do that just to see how much do you need I was really hungry I realized that I, I was hungry but I got over the hunger so by the, the t by the time month ended what do you think I did first thing I went and got Ben and Jerry's you see did I need to do that I did <laughs> I did I did do that but what else I also learned a few things from doing that exercise that you know if I am hungry I'm not gonna die if I didn't eat you know I, I learned a lot of things and tricks and tools I learned understand my body really well so it was important to do that for me however I did also achieve very defined abdominals there because the body fat had reduced I dropped I think I must have dropped about two kilos in weight which was a massive in a month but I haven't got massive amounts to lose so I think maybe maybe two or three I think on holiday maybe even more because I was still working out really hard and it was that period that I went on holiday um, so it did give me defined abs but I realized if I want to be at if I want to have that lifestyle and if I want to have that kind of body this is what I need to be and I decided no I cannot I don't want it I choose to have a good amount of uh, a body weight which is sustainable and this is where I and this is where I've landed so this is where I am now around 52 52 and a half 53 kilos max I'll go up to or you know stick between the two which I'm happy with and I don't need to get on a scale like I don't even remember the last time I got on a scale I know how my clothes fit I know when I've gone a little bit over because maybe I've indulged too much and I need to pull it back versus calling foods bad or feeling guilty and I think that achievement means that I know that what my next 10 years look like does that make sense so I know what what I what my body weight's going to look like because I know what kind of controls and practices and habits that I do every single day. Every single day I do this. Every single day I have my breakfast. Every single day I have my lunch, which is balanced, which is size of my fist. So the rice is never more than size of my fist. So if my carbs have become real good and in control. So my carbs are around three to four, maybe five. The days I do a lot of workout. Otherwise I'll go back to three. When I need to cut back, I'll go back to three, three a day. But if your journey is weight loss journey and you are on five, six carbs, you know the first step to do would be to take away one or two carbs, first thing, and then add some protein to it. Add some more veggies to it because what we need to do is balance out the food. Okay, so the, but what I was saying was a lot of people, the craving eventually becomes overwhelmed and this can create a vicious circle. And if I could show you a, a graph just now, the vicious circle is initial excitement of going on a diet, 30 day diet, then the period of restricting diet where you're thinking about food constantly or trying to sneak in some ways. This is what I was doing, I was trying to sneak some food in. And then, then you get this outfit, you're like, oh my God, I look so good in this, look how much weight I've lost. And then you return to normal because what happens after the diet, guys? What happens after the diet? Diet stops, the diet has a limit. That's why diet doesn't work. It works for the period you're in. It works, but and I give you some credit for actually going through it because my God, it's so hard. I have not been on many diets in my life. I will be, I have, what I have done is just left my meals, just don't eat meals because of either postnatal depression I was going through or I just didn't care if I don't eat, that kind of behavior, it, rather than being on a diet. But when you return back to normal, you order a bigger plate, bigger food, bigger plate of nacho than cheese because you have been missing it and you're now thinking, I deserve it now. I just deserve it and I'm going to have more of it. Natalia is saying, I have a really big belly after C-section. I really don't like it. Is it necessary strict diet to have a flatter belly? No, it isn't. Because if you have got fat around belly, it can't just be the belly. It will be more uh, be across the body. But we do store it on the belly. And there's a little joke around this, actually. Isn't it better to store it around, around the belly because we can cover it up? Imagine if you stored that fat on your face. Let that sink in for a minute. 
<laughs> you won't like it. It's not my joke. It's James Smith's joke. I was listening to his um, James Smith PT. I was listening to him talk about belly fat, and so many people talk about belly fat. Do you know Natalia? Yes. I want you to think of think of this example. You take a balloon. I've also had a C-section, by the way, at the end, and hence I believe that there is that muscle that has been cut into, which seems to just be there constantly. Whatever happens, even when I had this defined abs underneath, that there was still there, there was still there. Quite frankly, so you get a balloon. Okay, you fill the balloon up, fill it, fill it, fill it all the way, up. make it nice and big, then let go of the air. Okay, let go of the air. What happens to the balloon? Does it go back in the same shape that you first had it? No? Does the balloon go back in the same? Same, same tiny little tight balloon? No, it doesn't. What has happened there is an example that I've, I give to a lot of women who have had pregnancies and babies. When you have expanded your tummy, okay, not just cesarean, with cesarean, it's even more difficult. So when you expanded your tummy, expecting it to go back you have to be very, very, very good with your food, clean with your food, regularly exercise to get to that. But it's not impossible, but you don't wanna look and concentrate on that constantly because it can bring you down. So no, it's not necessary to do a strict diet at all, but you do need to have at least 70 to 80% of your food, Natalia, needs to be balanced, three carbs, three healthy fats, three proteins, um, three lots of vegetables, lots of water, occasional treat. And you will you can achieve that. Once you've achieved it, you can see how much work you need to do. And then you bring in the, some of the foods back into your, your food to see, okay, well, this was really hard. I don't think I can live like that. And then you kind of tend to accept, which is what I'm saying. I don't want to quite show you. But once you... Um, you, you know, just accept it. You, I accept what I have. I'm, I'm like, well, I have two kids, you know, and I, I work out. There's no more I can do, actually. Yes, maybe I could, like, be really super and give up my Ben and Jerry's and give up my the occasional treat, but I'm not willing to. I'm not. I'm willing to accept my little pouch <laughs> but give up things that I love. But one day I might do the whole month thing again just to reset and have that. But I then my goal is not um, aesthetic, my goal is not um, athletic, my goal is to be healthy, my goal is to now teach other women how to feel good about themselves. So uh, quite frankly, I, I'm happy where I am, I don't need to really make any adjustments. And I want you to think about yourself, is what is it that you really wanna do? Is it really the belly that you're worried about? Is there something else? What else is upsetting you? Is it the relationship? Because there's a lot of things, like lots of women decide not to, um, become naked in front of their husbands for example because they're really embarrassed about their bodies but the the issue is in their own heads rather than their husbands most of the time because they don't feel the women don't feel comfortable this is like a few years into relationship you know once upon a time you had this great now you the lights are off or you maybe haven't had sex for such a long time because you actually don't want to but these are important things in life that we need to continue to do so we want to address these issues we want to figure out it doesn't necessarily mean you starve yourself then you'll let your husband see you because that's not right either it's about understanding what does your lifestyle in total looks like how's your environment how's your sleep how is your food? Is it neutrally dense? And how is your exercise regime? So those things all contribute to, to uh, your wholeness rather than one specific thing. So you're then not focusing too much on it. Okay, so let's, let's be clear. For some people, certain foods not, might, may not be worth the struggle, at least for now, but they might decide that if they are around certain foods, they're going to overeat them. So I know a few of my clients in here right now that uh, will struggle if this particular bread, for example, was in the house, they will struggle to keep it. So what do you do? You keep, you come up with a different idea. Or if there was a chocolate in the house, they'll struggle. So the, the Baradi, John Baradi's law, John Baradi's where I have been trained, uh, I still am, he's my coach. The law is uh, to, if you see food, you're gonna eat it, so put it away somewhere, right? Now that's a technique, that's not because it's a bad food, it's because you have no control over that food. Like I've given you my example of raisins. I don't have control over raisins, so they are hidden in this room. But I don't think about them now. So I have, I have found a technique, rather than calling raisins bad, because they're not bad, are they? They're good foods. Because if they were in your house, Natalia or Margaret, or anybody else, you might not eat them. Like Afro doesn't eat them. He doesn't go in there, he just eats them once a day in his porridge. That's why they're in our house. 
and there's no other function that it provides us with. So for me, they are red foods. I can't keep, I can't keep them right in front of my eyes. So that's different. That's not calling bad foods or good foods. That's, that's different. So that strategy is a strategy and it can work really, really well. And I absolutely believe that because I've done it. So in fact, we encourage, I encourage you guys to actually do a kitchen makeover and remove the foods that you overeat. So if you're really struggling, the first thing to do is to look at your kitchen because if you keep going in there and keep finding things, but you keep saying, but this is for my children, this is for my grandchildren, but you eat it, then don't bring it. Because quite frankly, your grandchildren don't need that. They don't need them because they have their own enough off with their parents. So remove those foods because who lives in the house? You do. So let's not set the house up for grandkids. Let's not set the house up for other people who are only visiting occasionally. I've heard this many times. I've got this pack of biscuits in case somebody comes for a cup of tea. Well, guess what? It's right now, lockdown, social distancing. No one's coming to your house for a cup of tea. Let's not buy those biscuits because you don't have a control. If you have a control, I salute you. If you have control, you can have a couple of biscuits and you put the rest away, have it. Simple as that. It's simple as that. And this alone, the kitchen makeover alone will actually help you to lose weight because you're doing things for longer time. This is not a diet. This is not a diet. This is you removing foods that you don't have control over. Not because you're a bad person, because you just can't get the control over those because we're humans and we love food because these foods provide comfort, especially when you're in a stressful time. It's a good idea to take those foods away because you don't want to um, tempt yourself. So when we label foods like something like I tend to overeat rather than bad, we're better able to relax. So when I've said, when I've said I tend to overeat raisins versus raisins are really bad, they're really high in sugar, I mustn't eat them. Which one am I going to potentially go towards? If I say uh, raisins, I tend to overeat, I am just being honest and I am honoring myself by saying that, which means I can, I can remain flexible, potentially uh, grow into someone who can enjoy some food in moderation. And that is it, the balance, the moderation. Those are the right words that we're looking for. Okay, what's the reason number four? Categorizing food as good and bad can work, but usually only for a while. So, for example, when someone decides to stop eating bad foods, bad quote, um, usually they try really hard to stay true to their goal. They're committed and they may even stick to it, avoiding a long list of forbidden food, but for a bit. But then something goes wrong. Then what are you going to do? Which happens all the time, by the way. Something goes wrong. Maybe they go to work and they find out that a co-worker has left. Someone's leaving. They've made brownies and they've left them on their desk or every part of their day sideways in the evening, they find themselves head down in a gallon of chocolate chip cookie dough as they think this is bad. <laughs> or they are driving for hours to visit relatives, pull into a rest stop and they find to eat the stuff which is all on forbidden lists. So you keep looking at food in a really negative way, bad, 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 rigidity, good or bad or nothing is the enemy of consistency. So be, but on the flip side, flexibility helps you to be more consistent. So, okay, this person's leaving, they've made brownies, I'll have one, okay? Or, I'm actually, I'm all right actually, because I, I don't wanna have it, because I actually have my, my treat on a Friday night. Do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna pack this, and I'm gonna take it with me, I'll have it on Friday, thank you so much. Now you haven't upset this person, you haven't upset yourself, but you have taken a decision, because if you've made some rules, I, I have a rule every Friday night, okay? If I keep breaking the rule, it's not really a rule, is there? If I just keep saying to myself, well, it's okay to have it on Monday, and have, I did that on Sunday, I did break the rule, but I didn't feel so bad about it. I didn't go crazy on Monday and not eat any food because I'd gone over my, however, although I'd broken the rule in a way, but I hadn't, instead of having it this Friday, I just brought it over to Sunday. We'd work really hard. Now I'm justifying it, which I don't, don't need to. Okay, so for example, rather than avoiding sugar just because health site tells you to stop eating it, you might consider, am I hungry? Am I stressed? So before you eat your cookies, think about those. Is this food worth it to me? If I tell you that one cookie has 90 calories, if I tell you that if you eat two biscuits, two biscuits, and you're very, very good with your food, you're gonna put on 10 pounds in a year. If I tell you that to burn to do a 300 calorie workout, 300, 350 calorie workout that we do in my groups, 
that's not even that that's a mars bar isn't it i don't i've not had a mars bar in ages but around that takes one hour of hard work to burn that that's if you are maintenance calories if you're trying to calorie deficit and you are you've just you know kind of burned those calories but you've replaced them immediately then you haven't done we haven't got anywhere so because we're now calorie balanced we need to be in calorie deficit if we are going to lose the weight um, the internal guidance might allow the person with the brownies to say you know I really like brownies but I'm gonna save it after lunch okay this is what we just talked about or that person um, could be anything that's happening at work you can't you, we don't want to blame other sources so I have some teachers in, in, in this group and I, ha I have lots of people from different backgrounds uh, that I coach uh, there is food everywhere. You go to church, you get biscuits and tea. You go to work, there is chocolates. There you go. The teachers, the poor teachers, get the, get it the most. So, with teachers, it's either someone's birthday or someone's leaving or the end of the term is coming up, and they keep getting loads and lots of chocolates. The easier thing to buy for a teacher is that. However, we cannot cannot blame the external environment. We have to have the control over ourselves because we will be presented with this constantly. So we need to decide how we're going to come across, how we're going to behave, how we're going to decide what we're going to have and what our goals are. Absolutely. Because when I speak to people and they say, I was doing so well and then suddenly, oh, Christmas, this box of chocolates arrived in November. Can you believe it? September, sorry. September is when chocolates go out for December. So people buy those at night time, sit there eating a few, um, they're eating a couple, four or five of those single chocolates out the um, the tubs and that's time seven. Yeah, every night you do the watching TV. Every night you have four or five, times that by seven and before you know it, you've put on an extra thousand calories that week. Times that by four, that's 4,000. Times that by 52. So you can just see how the weight creeps up. You can just exactly see how. And if you ever worry about like, I don't eat enough or I, why is the weight going on? I really encourage you to write it down. Write it down and, and, and just analyze your own data so you know exactly what's going on with your body. Okay, reason number five. It's really okay and completely normal to eat for pleasure. Okay, this is what is a really important understand. If I get a box of chocolate I do not open, I give to someone else. Oh, bless you. I know. It's, and and I, I understand that. If you, What would happen, Natalie, if you did eat the chocolates? Let me know in the comment below. Margaret said, my weakness is biscuits in the morning when I'm off. I have reduced to one or two a week. Lifestyle change is a challenge. Yes, exactly. Lifestyle change is a challenge. And Margaret, you do a lot of running. Yeah. So perhaps those two biscuits are being worked out, worked well into your body. That you can actually have them, believe it or not. Because if your rest of your day is balanced then maybe those are, you You know, you're doing 10K, 5K. So you, when I say to people, if, unless you're running that much, you, you can't justify the food un, unless you're on a weight loss. Don't think you're on a weight loss, right? you're just maintaining, aren't you? I believe. Let me know in the comment below, below if you're on weight loss. If you were on weight loss diet, if you're on a weight loss goal, then perhaps the biscuits uh, need to reduce down to one maybe, or zero or what is the better thing to have instead of a biscuit because they are processed so they have the things in there are not so great not neutrally dense so thinking about what is what else could you have instead of those biscuits um, rather than having them uh, as in if you wanted to even better your food I would not eat one but full box once I start with one chocolate I cannot control myself the absolute right thing to do Natalia is to give it to someone if you have that that's completely right thing to do and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, you know, if you if you can't have the control, then you just have to give it to, to someone and um, feel feel good doing that. So food serves many purposes, okay? You gotta remember, the food is there not just for being healthy. We also, uh, for nutrients or for calories, some foods aren't necessarily loaded with nutrients, but they are, they taste amazing. Some of them haven't got any uh, nutrients. They connect with us, with our friends and family. Birthday cake. So something that we do, don't we? Afro's birthday coming up on the 25th, which is a Monday, we will be having the chocolate cake. Create a sense of belonging, making celebrations worthwhile. We do celebrate these things. And if you as a woman is on a weight loss diet and is dreading, oh my God, this thing is coming up. Oh my God, what am I gonna do? 
you don't want to be in that position you want to be able to have this control and when there is a birthday unless you have five six kids and they're literally every other month is a birthday then that's different you're just going to have to work out harder um but for everybody else that's not the case in other words food isn't just fuel it, it is also love culture and pleasure and a whole lot more and we have to remember that okay we have to remember that when you think about food in this way everything even your grandma's special black forest cake has a purpose and a place uh, rather than a list of foods that you can or can't eat instead of have your choices you can have food you you have foods you choose for eat to, for energy for pleasure for health for many other important reasons Friday night is our date night. We like to have a little bit of indulgent food, so like we will have a bit more bit of cheese on it. So we don't have cheese the whole week. Okay, we will have cheese on Friday. It's important for us for Friday night to feel good about our food. If it needs to be different for the rest of the week, it needs to be so we don't look at the vegetables in there. We always have vegetables, but we don't necessarily think. Oh, so we might have roasted vegetables instead of boiled vegetables. So we may have some cheese on our fish or our, on our, we might have a piece of toast with some cheese on it as a starter. We may have some crackers with, not all of this by the way, just one or the other. Because we want to feel good about having the date night and for us the food really um, has a big purpose in there. We sit in front of TV and eat it. We don't eat any other food in front of TV, right? Can you see the difference? But we don't feel bad doing that because for the rest of the week we have done what we promised ourselves is to eat a balanced food. Not depriving food, not diet food, not salads, no, <laughs> proper food, good food, protein, carbs, vegetables and not boiled, cooked really well, different types of food and um, that's for pleasure. We don't think about health. We think about health the whole week. With that particular food, isn't necessary health. But when I look back, actually, the food is fairly good. Uh, you know, fish and courgettes roasted is hardly something bad. Um, you know, but if we wanted to have dominoes, if we wanted to, then we could, and we won't feel bad about having that because that provides us with happiness. And and that's what you'd want to get into that position where you could have this because this is long-term solution, guys. This is the anti-diet solution that you don't be on a diet. You know, Margaret wants to have those two biscuits and she does a lot of running. It's okay, isn't it, really? It's not the end of the world. But if somebody is not running, but they're sat down all day and they're not moving their body, but then they're having biscuits and they want to lose weight, if that's their goal, what am I going to say to them? Exactly. Exactly that. So reason number six, when we obsess over bad foods, we rob ourselves of ability to evolve. When we obsess over bad foods, we rob ourselves of the ability to evolve. Rigidly abstaining can teach us to get really good at abstaining. <laughs> exactly. So if you're okay with abstaining from a long list of food for the rest of your life, there's nothing wrong with that approach. If that's how you want to live for the rest of your life. But if you're not okay with a life sentence of no cookies, of no brownies, no cake, no bread, no pasta, then you may be happy to learn there is an alternative approach. It involves getting curious about why you struggle to moderate your consumption of certain foods. So don't be a person who's decided, this is it, this is me, I'm just not going to eat this and that's it. And I need to think about, why is it with the raisins? What is it with me and raisins? Can't they be in the cupboard like all other foods? There's chocolate bars there for my kids. There's, there's um, what else is in there? There's nuts there. Why, why is that? Why am I doing that? I need to think. I need to get curious about it rather than taking this food. Hey, Tracy, how are you doing? Rather than being so uh, rigid in my behavior. Because that's just, you see, that you can do that and you can live like this, like I said. Or do you want to get curious about why are you doing this? Because usually that often leads to emotional things that we haven't dealt in the past. That whenever we do hit an emotional wall, an emotion in our life, a stressful situation, we tend to reset and go back to food. If we're unhappy in our marriage, if we're unhappy in our work, if we're unhappy with anything else in our lives, we usually use food to comfort and we get too frightened to explore there. We're like, we don't want to go there. Just, just leave it. No, let's not talk about it. I know if I don't, I just want to be on this particular. Why are people, for, uh, why are people on weight loss um, diets for 10 years? 
Slimming World, 10 years, 15 years, or coming off of Slimming World, going into another diet, ketosis, because now the power is into diets and not themselves. If you had the power yourself, where you decide, where you decide actually, why is it that I'm eating? What, why do I, well, Natalia, well, why are you having all of those chocolates? If I was to ask you that question, Natalia, what would you say? If I was to ask you, why is it that you cannot have two and put the rest back? And there's no judgment here, by the way. This is us exploring an answer to something which could resolve something very long term. You could say, think, you know, whatever comes to you, I don't want to give you the answer. I want you to think about why is it that you can't put that chocolate down. Love feeling energetic and most importantly, love food. I would rather do a 10K run than be a diet. 100%, absolutely. Diet is deprivation, it's, it's upsetting, it's, it's, it's horrible. It really is. I mean, like I told you, I did it for a month. It wasn't even diet. I was eating everything, um, but I was just, I couldn't touch the sugar. Literally couldn't touch it. Uh, and then that made me very, very unhappy. So if you're not okay with a life sentence, like if you've given yourself a life sentence of no cookies, brownies, no cake, bread, pasta, then you may be happy to learn there is an alternative approach, which means get curious. Consider things like that. What leads to feeling out of control? What leads to feeling out of control? What triggers that I need this and that I can't stop eating these thoughts? Write them down. I would love to, I, I would love to, interview someone who is willing to give me these answers um, some of these answers I have myself as well it's something I need to do what triggers I need this and that I can't stop this thoughts what's the other question you could ask when is it possible when is it possible to eat these this food in moderate amounts if ever when isn't it so when is it possible when can you have these foods if you're saying after if I'm not on a diet then you know who's got the control. The point is, rather than zeroing in on bad foods, look at the underlying reasons called the triggers that lead you to struggle. So what could a trigger be? Feeling. We might eat more when we are stressed, lonely or bored. Food fills the void, okay? Let that sink in for a minute. We might eat more when we are stressed, lonely or bored. We have one of these symptoms, all of the symptoms, one of these um, feelings, <laughs> all of us feel those. Food fills a void. Time of the day, we always have a cookie at 11 or soda at three, or is it just part of our routine? Have we got a habit? So one of my clients, without naming anyone, was having a Coke every single day at 12, 11, 11 or 12 in the morning. When I asked her why she thinks she has it, she said, I don't know. I just have a habit. Just have a habit of drinking it. Okay, so think about the time of the day, just like little babies when they wake up at night, habitual waking, they've got habit of, and then knows their mind says, here we go, up you, you know, you get up now and you get your mom to bring you milk. And then when you bring the milk once, then the baby is like very clever and they're like, ah, oh, do it again the next day and again the next day. Now we've got a habit. And then we have to go and work really hard to break the habit. You remember that when you had your kids? <clears throat> Excuse me. Social setting. That's a big one, isn't it? Social setting. Hey, everyone else is having a beer and chicken wings, so I might as well join in the happy hour. Everybody else is doing it, so I'm going to do it. That could be a trigger place for some reason a dark movie theater or a parent's kitchen might make us want to munch we go into my mom's house for some reason whatever she gives me i eat it why do i do that um so she will give me things like oh it's got a lovely warm bread do you want to eat it i've had my breakfast not even hungry i just feel obliged and if i was to ask myself why are you doing this i don't even have the answer but i can now say after discussing it with you guys that that may be my reason I said, my mum my mum's given it to me I really don't want to break her heart I don't want to say no to her but I don't think she cares if I said no she doesn't care but I the, the problem is mine the issue is mine <laughs> or the thought pattern thinking I deserve this life is too hard to chew kale or might steer us towards drive-through windows okay so if you're constantly feeling like a victim and you think, well, I've had a really tough day, I'm gonna treat myself, I've had a bad day, I'm gonna just 
drown myself in wine, then you're constantly in between these triggers. These could be some triggers. Natalia is saying, I think I'm a low energy person. I feel like, uh, I feel like uh, the quick bad sugar helps me to feel better. Natalia, what do you think that, why do you think you're a low energy person? Why, what make, gives you that impression? Give me a little bit of um, background on that because that would just give me an understanding of what you're trying to say there. Okay, so to uncover triggers, I often ask the clients to keep a food journal. Why? Because when we do this exercise and writing down everything we eat or drink for a week or two, we find out if it's craving, if it's a habit, if it's a trigger of some kind, a feeling. If you were to write next to every time you had something which you didn't want to eat, if you were to write next to why you had it, I promise you, you will discover so much about yourself. I'm not promising you're gonna stop all of that. I would not ask you to stop all of that. I'm saying if you write it, you have data. What you can do is to maybe avoid certain situations so you don't go towards that, perhaps, but once you need to write, once you need to discover. So maybe you need to write things like, I will ask them normally to write, uh, what am I feeling? What time is it? Who am I with? Where am I? And what thoughts am I having? If you were to answer those five questions, let's do it again. What am I feeling? What time is it? Who am I with? Where am I? And what thoughts am I having? Those five questions. So Margaret, here's a question for you. Before you have your biscuits, what are you feeling? What time is it? Who are you with? Where are you? And what thoughts are you having? Okay, answer those and, I, and you'll get some kind of a, you'll just get some kind of an answer for why you have them. Natalia? Think about the chocolate box. Think about why am I, what am I feeling? What time is it? Who am I with? Where am I? Whether it's a box of chocolates or anything else you have. Do this little thing and see what you think. The, the approach it, and then approach it with not feedback. It's not failure, by the way, okay? So don't look at it and think, I'm a loser. I'm a failure. Look at me, I'm an embarrassing person. No, the opposite. You're curious. You're trying to figure out why you're doing this, okay? The an approach with feedback, not failure mentality, really important. Afternoon, bonjour, evening. Then the point isn't to catch, catch you doing something wrong. It helps to assess what's really going on. So there was a there was a client of mine who would uh, ring her mother on Sundays, five six o'clock in the evening, every every Sunday, and she didn't have a good relationship with her mum. So before she was going to ring her mom, she used to have uh, biscuits. She would just, and then the, how we found this out was after a very, very in-depth conversation uh, and over many, many weeks when these things get discovered. But we figured out, because nobody tells you, do they? In the first, second, third week, when I actually don't get on with them all. I ring my mom. So when she's talking to me and I, I pick up from her voice that, or from her face that she doesn't look that pleased when she's talking about her mother. This is a real example. Um, so I'm, I'm, get, I'm picking these, these things up from her. So I say to her, when is it you, what are you feeling you, when you're having those biscuits? And she says, stressed. Uh, what time is it? Oh, it's about five. What time do you call your mom? Six, okay. Who are you with? I'm by myself, I'm just on my own. Okay, where are you? I'm always in the house, so accessible. Okay, what thoughts are you having? Um, the thoughts I'm having is I want this conversation up, out and done with. Can you now see this woman is freaking out, calling her mum. She's something she has to do. It's an obligation. That's how she, she doesn't have to, but she has decided she needs to do it. But she's having the entire bag of those biscuits as a stress before she calls her mum. But once, once she realised, she didn't even know that. She was doing it for what? I think years, years and years and years, and she'd put lots of weight on. And then she was so unhappy with herself, but she'd eat even more because she's so unhappy. And her mum will tell her, what the hell's going on with you? Why are you so getting big? And she was she's starting to hate her mum. More biscuits. Can you, can you see now? There's a, there's a trigger, huge trigger. So we worked on that. We worked on that. And we now are, are free of that biscuits. And also, how she speaks to her mum and when she speaks to her mum. Things have changed uh, and things are so much better actually. The issue was not the biscuits, the issue was having a crucial conversation with her mum. She never told her mum that she, she upset her. She never told her mum that I literally hate speaking to you because it hurts, doesn't it? Who will tell their mum that? 
but she was getting hurt she was getting upset she was self-sabotaging herself she was the one who's having biscuits and putting weight on and getting unhappy and and having a failing relationship so this was affecting everything around her life till we discovered together from coaching what is it that's actually going on in her life and it was to do with that that's one example obviously there's other things that uh, affect that as well okay so natalia's saying i usually feel tired and sleepy hmm, even after a good night's sleep my sugar is quite low every blood test but better but better than complex diet would be better solution but better complex diet would be a better solution okay natalia will have to have a maybe a uh, a chat uh, just me and you because it seems to be a lot more in there than i would uh, almost need to diagnose uh, a, a bit deeper in there um it's not kind of normal to to have a low energy levels like this there must be some kind of something going on in there that we need to kind of pinpoint um and i think if you are low uh, like i said earlier if you're if your levels are low if you're feeling lethargic you are going to hear have sugary snacks to pick yourself up it's very very normal to do that uh margaret why why have it in the morning and take it as a treat and a process of waking up normally alone but sometimes with grandchildren yeah thoughts when i need to focus with granddaughters thoughts when i need to focus and i tend to go for a run after that okay so for more of a habit actually than anything else so what are you feeling normally alone so you're alone you're not with anybody uh, the thoughts you have and you're trying to think and you're trying to you want to focus are you getting ready for a run oh is it is it could it be that you're like I'm having a bit of a I'm gonna have some energy before I go for a run or is it justifies justifiable because you're about to go for a run give me uh, yeah just answer that question for me next Natalia you're most welcome uh, we definitely need to have a little chat so uh, if you could just uh, message me on a messenger please um, and then we're going to fix up a quick um, a time for us to do a Zoom call maybe just to see what's going on with you. Okay, so the approach of when you've written these questions, like we've just, we're just having live on here, we're answering some of these questions I've asked about when you do go for foods that you don't want to go for, what is going on with you. The point isn't to catch you, the point is to assess what's going on. And once we understand why we're reaching through these foods, we are better equipped to suggest actions that truly help you move forward to healthier relationship with food. Because the, the, the goal is to improve the relationship with food. Because so many of us have deteriorated our relationship with food. So many of us. And the goal is to get better with those foods. Because all foods, like we've now discussed and, and discovered, are okay. They're all good. It's the, our, it depends on our goal, our focus, our, um, our likes and dislikes and our needs. So. Is there a no good or bad foods? How can anyone ever know what to eat? So if I told you there's no good food, no bad food, how are you gonna, what are you gonna eat? You're gonna be like, oh my God, don't say that. That's because some people assume no bad foods is synonymous with all foods are good and eat whatever you want, but that's not the case. That's what I'm not saying to you guys. What I'm gonna say, which is my final, final line, and I really want you to home into that. This is like something, like a golden nugget. What I'm saying is rather than sorting foods in two buckets, good food bad food how about you sort it out in this eat more eat some and eat less three categories three buckets let's not even call it bucket because it's too much to fill in the bucket eat more fruit veg nuts whole processed food eat some High sugar food, like maybe for me, it will be different. So for me, it will be raisins, eat some, but now I've eliminated them completely. So eat some of the foods like um, pastas and uh, pastas, rice. Here would be the rice, brown rice. Here would be the white rice because it's not, not as great as the brown rice. And then here would be the pasta maybe because it's processed. Does that make sense? That's an example. So eat more more of the brown rice more vegetables more meat um, protein sources and then eat medium foods that are starting to become a bit processed and eat less soda chip cookies chocolate chip uh, chocolate donuts whatever like let's give an example of breakfast eat more oats why 
whole processed. Eat some cereals, uh, Weetabix maybe, bran flakes, eat some. Eat less of sugary cereals like crunchy nut cornflakes. Can you see the difference between the three foods? Does that make sense? So that's how you want to set your kitchen up in that way. Has your fridge, is in your fridge, is that right English? When you open your fridge, more of what? Eat more of whole processed food, non-processed, or have you got too much of processed? What is your balance? Once you finish this conversation, go into your kitchen, open the covers and have a look what is it stocked with. And that will give you an indication of your health, your family's health, um, and how you tend to uh, live for the rest of your life. It all depends on how you have chosen to eat what. So this might at first sound like another way of sorting out another category, but it's not. It's not, it really isn't. So it just depends on your goal, what your goal is and what you're gonna go for. Like I said, if Margaret's running 10K, does she really, is, is the biscuit a massive deal? Not really, however, I will suggest, I will suggest, and this is just an advice, having a banana before a run will actually improve her performance. Why? Because banana has the right nutrients for somebody who's about to exercise a longevity exercise, which is a 10K, a whole hour's worth of exercise, and it will give her the fuel to go further. If she wishes to enter half marathons, the biscuit is not gonna support the goal, but the banana is gonna support the goal. Does that make sense? So that's my, but in terms of her calorie intake, in terms of her body shape, the biscuit isn't gonna massively make a huge difference. So it is purely Margaret's choice what she decides to do. I think it's more of a habit rather than energy. Yeah, the thing is I enjoy, I don't mind ideas as long as I take the food back to bed prior to my run. Okay, so you mean you wanna take the food in the evening to your bed or in the morning? Great. So we're just, we literally just did like almost a case study here with Natalia and Margaret, which is amazing. I love that. So look, look at, think about your long-term goal. Margaret's goal is to run a half marathon, which I'm aware of. So she needs to decide, is the biscuit going to support my goal or is a piece of fruit going to support my goal better? We all know the answers. This side is processed. Biscuits are processed. Banana is whole. Will give her a lot more energy. But it, there's a habit built here. So maybe, maybe, maybe it could be the weekend is biscuits with grandkids and it could be banana before the run. It could be biscuits if, if you're not running. It could be banana when you're running. It could be a mixture of both. That means you don't go without. How, how about that? Isn't that great? <laughs> awesome guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, if I was to give you an example, if you are right now, and we've just given Margaret's example of biscuits, maybe going from two to one and then switching to fruit. If you are somebody who had a double bacon cheeseburger with mayonnaise and fries and a milkshake, if you, if you are that person, if your child is having that, if your husband's having that, and you want to, prior to waking up, okay, if you want to um, reduce that, if you want to get onto a healthier lifestyle and you need to lose a bit of body fat, you don't take all of that away, okay? You don't tell them to take, this is the worst mistake people keep making, okay? They keep doing this. From Monday, I'm gonna be good to take everything away. Come Thursday, they're back onto the square one because they've actually stripped too much, their body's not used to it, you're not honored your body. So from double cheeseburger with mayo, you just take away the mayo and replace the shake with maybe water, first step. Second step is you do the cheeseburger with salad and water. Third step, you do the cheese, you do the, maybe take away the bacon and you do the chicken sandwich, still the burger, still top it up with bacon, <laughs> still top it up with cheese, but you have it with salad and water. And then eventually you become a grilled chicken with salad, potato, salsa and water person. Five steps before we got from double cheese bacon burger with mayo, fries and milkshake to someone's eating grilled chicken with potatoes and salsa and water. There's a step-by-step -step process to get into this. But if you want to eat the occasionally the double cheeseburger, you should be able to. Because it's not a bad food, is it? It's only bad when you have an everyday. It's bad for your body. The food isn't bad. McDonald's isn't bad. It's if you go there every day, you have now made it bad because your body can't digest all of that. You're gonna be deficient in lots of nutrients. So it's not the foods that are bad, it's, it's our choices that we make 
they all depend on good choices or not so good choices. Thank you everybody. Thanks for joining me. Hey Sharon. I hope you found this useful guys. Uh, and I will be back with you tomorrow at six o'clock with a workout session at 6, 10 and seven. Thank you so much. Any questions regarding this, please let me know and I'll continue to have a look at the, the comments and answer them tonight or first thing in the morning. Bye for now, everyone. You're not alone when it comes to trying new shiny diets, each one promising to make you feel incredible until you realize it's making you feel hungry and deprived and damaging your confidence a little more than the last diet you tried. Hello and thank you so much for tuning in to the Anti-Diet Podcast Show, a podcast on a mission to help you break free from yo-yo dieting and equip you with evidence-based advice so you can feel more confidence in yourself without ever feeling deprived. I'm Farah Karamburi, a deep health practitioner practitioner, an author, a keynote speaker, and the founder of the 30-Day Anti-Diet Challenge. Each episode is created to help you take one step forward in your weight loss journey without being on a diet. Each day, I will bring you a wealth of knowledge about how you can lose weight without being on a diet. And each week, I'm going to be joined by a guest or a client that's going to give us the insights and the expert advice in the world of well-being. So together, we can learn from real-life trial and triumphs.